0: In by Kulisevsky, Bane!
1: Welcome to the Stateside Spurs. We are back after a, a convincing, um, convincingly underwhelming uh, performance, but a positive result at Stanford Bridge. That's that's the way I'll word that. Um, but here with Austin tonight, Chris may be able to pop in, but he's um, not able to make it right now. So Austin and myself are here to break down the 2-2 draw. Why are you waving? Literally no one can see you. <laughs> I mean, I can see you, but
0: i was just <laughs> trying to throw you off and i guess it worked
1: <laughs> no no you weren't you wave every time let's be real you're always waving uh yeah. no nah, just whenever we say you know welcome to the podcast whenever yeah.
0: we, do the in- we do the intro yeah so awesome nice way it's nice way to greet a friend with a wave For
1: sure. Uh, Just so people are aware that we are on this um, call at least a couple minutes before we start recording. So he's already (laughs) said hello to me, which is what makes it even more awkward. But no, no, no. Uh, All jokes aside, Austin's here to break down this 2-2 match uh, over the weekend against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And uh, lots to discuss, lots to talk about. We're going to move pretty fast and furious um, and have a few Collins cues this week as well. So Austin, first off, uh how are you doing How how's your week how's uh how's it being uh, a tottenham fan how's how's life going four days three days after battle of the ridge part two
0: uh august is always a busy month you know uh, so beginning of the season is always happening during a busy month for my for myself and, and my wife um but uh really kind of crazy crazy sunday um it's taken a while to kind of I feel like now that we're, we're doing this a few days after I've, I've had time to actually process it. The emotions have calmed down a little bit, but man, quite the uh, the social media storm for a few days there uh, that
1: this game caused. Yeah, I, I know we we have talks. So we're gonna start trying to we're gonna start recording these earlier on, so more of an instant reaction. But the problem with that, Austin, is uh, the more that I think about it and you just mention it, uh, I think we're gonna get into some really heated debates. Uh, If we have these podcasts uh, a couple hours after the final result, but um, you know, it's all, all for the, we we both believe uh, we both want the best for the club and we may think differently. And uh, we do have a new segment that we'll be um, showcasing not this week, uh, but most likely next week where uh, you'll get to hear Austin and myself kind of just go at it uh, respectfully for a short period of time uh on different topics that we have discreet on so uh, not to tease that too much but we'll get into that first off Austin Stanford Bridge 2-2 um starting lineup was pretty much exactly what we predicted it was the same lineup from from match day one uh no changes no no Parasic no Basuma pretty much those are the big names that uh, were not into the squad uh, starting 11. What were your thoughts uh kind of assuming that, that was going to be the case and that turning out to be true uh come Sunday morning?
0: Yeah, I mean, we all expected him to, to Conte just to run it back, and he did. Um, I was a little nervous about it just because Chelsea uh, came out with a with similar tactical formation that had success against us earlier this calendar year, you know, those three matches in, in, in succession. Uh, I think it was in February, right, that they kind of just negated our attack, and so I was a little worried once the lineups came out, uh, even though I wasn't really worried the, the, the days leading up to the match. Um, but I expected it, right? So it's not like I was surprised on match day. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so that that's a great segue because I think uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to be said about how Tuchel, Tuchel lined up there. He Tuchel and purposely lined up, changed the formation to match Conte's formation. Uh, so basically, Mark, in my opinion, it looked like he was Reese James was man marking Son uh and so anywhere sun went reshames james went uh, that's where you kind of s- you saw him uh reshames james got a yellow card in the 41st 40 41st minute pulling back sun and so sun was pretty ineffective this game would you say that Austin?
0: yeah i mean i think in the third minute uh we recovered the ball in midfield and kane was able to to play a ball kind of between the lines for and He wasn't able to really pull the trigger quickly enough. And his touch seemed off in the buildup um, and just wasn't really able to get a foothold in the game. Yeah. And,
1: and honestly, I, I what we, we start this match in the first five minutes, I look over to Bethany and say, this is nice. We're kind of controlling this game. I mean, we don't really do this. Yeah. I mean, we, we have, we have everything going our way. Uh, And not shortly thereafter, I was like, oh gosh, we can't get the ball. We can't, string three passes together we can't uh get the ball out of our half uh so that changed quickly um and what so let's just dive into that because we're gonna have a lot to talk about first half why could we not get out of our own half what was the problem uh and i have an opinion but i want to hear yours first we don't have chris here so i'll have to get some opinions today as well
0: uh, yeah, I think it was very similar to what happened to us earlier in the year. Is that the formation or the tactics that Tuchel was impl- was was deploying? Um, kind of mark. He kind of adds an extra person in midfield, and it makes it to where we can't really play through the middle at all. Um, they were pressing pretty effectively. Uh, I think Hoiberg took a long time to to, to gain a foothold into the game. Uh, he he struggled with the press. Um, I think our midfield struggled with the press, and um, I think Sesion played okay, but it really showed um, against those types of teams. We need either players in the midfield or out wide at wing back that are that are capable of carrying the ball forward um, out of the press because um, Tuchel kind of played with a with a, a makeshift back four really um, at times pushing. Um, Pushing left his cheek more into midfield, um, and that really hurt our ability to do it, you know, our normal progressive play. Is to um, recover the ball if we recover it deep, is to find our wing backs early, um, and then they get our forwards into play. And our wing backs just weren't able to to get the ball forward really uh, successfully. And through the middle, there was just a bunch of space for Chelsea, but. Benteke and Hojbjerg really weren't able to collect and string passes together. Hojbjerg needs to be able to have space in front of him to dribble into, and Chelsea effectively kept his back um, to our goal. Yeah,
1: and honestly, I think that's spot on because in a Conte system, you don't really rely on the progression of the ball to be. Uh, your, your central midfielders, and that's why everyone that was been shouting for a ten is uh, or a center attacking mid. It's like that's that's great if you swing, if you change up formations, but that's not the way that his system is set up. His system his system is set up to move through the wing backs, uh, and you're spot on there. Cessignon you know, had a, had a really tough side because Loftus Cheek is a big guy. He's also fast, uh, so he didn't really have any significant advantages on Loftus-Cheek. And then if you did get off Loftus-Cheek, you have Rhys-James there playing the uh, the kind of right center back um, who is, all, in my opinion, he's the best right back in the league. Um, I, I just, I don't like him. But we talked about this earlier uh, in the preseason where we're taking, if we could pick one player, who would we take for our team and I, in the Premier League? Um, and I picked Rhys-James
0: because... You would pick him over Alexander-Arnold?
1: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I do. I think Rhys-James is... Uh, a better defender than Alexander Arnold. And I think that's he's fair. faster than Alexander Arnold. He's, he's strong. He's like a baby Traore. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty ripped uh, compared to... And so Alexander Arnold's great, but you saw Reece James' delivery to Havertz as well, right? Uh, where Havertz was... I mean, he, he is the right back that I think would push to being a title contender. I think he's that good um, if you have Paris starting on the left. So I just think that that's where we struggled, really, assessing on could not get out um that left side was tough to get out of and then the right side that's just not Royal's game right Austin
0: right it's it's not Royal's game I mean the the Conte so far as far as we haven't really seen him do uh he, he's kind of had his choices at wingbacks picked for him by injuries last season and so this season we haven't seen it yet him playing attacking wingbacks on both sides you know it's more of having a defensive right side and attacking left side. Um, and yeah, Emerson, it's not, that's not really his, uh, best assets as far as carrying the ball going forward. I thought Emerson actually played okay. I didn't really think that he played poorly. Um, I will say I was in a v- super crowded pub, uh, for the match, and it is clearly obvious that, um, and, and you know, I hate this, um, and I'm sure every fan base does this, but Spurs fans, when you watch games in public, that the crowds always pick one player to scapegoat no matter what. And it used to be our RA and I hated it then it's, it's been, it's been different players throughout time. Uh, but that's definitely Emerson still. And I can't stand it. Like the guy would have three or you know three or four good touches in a row. And the first time a touch goes wrong, there's, you know, scattering of people screaming profanities at him, And it's just, it's it it boggles my mind because I actually don't think he played that poorly at all um it's just Chelsea are set up to defend those wings really well and we have to have some sort of uh tactical change and it came in the second half I think it may have came a a little bit late but when it came it worked uh to a degree right we we, will get to that but um Conte is going to have to find for certain teams that that really defend wings well he's going to have to find a way to move the ball through the middle of the pitch.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and honestly, um, Emerson did what I expected Emerson to do. He defended yeah. pretty well. He didn't do anything crazy in the, in the, from an offensive perspective. That's just not what he does. He gives you great energy. He'll run out there. He can maybe pull a defender out wide, but I don't expect him to hit great crosses. Um, I think he played very well defensively. I can't really blame either one of the, the goals and can't remember a time that he... I mean, he doesn't. I don't have that fear that I have with Serge or if a defender's in the box and Emerson's uh, facing him up, that he's going to foul him or bring him down or run in the back of him. I just, I, I actually kind of trust his um, decision-making uh, as a defender, and I think he's a really solid defender. Um, wow, can't believe I'm saying that I'm on the Emerson hype train. But uh, anyways, uh, so let's talk about the first goal, uh, Kubali. Some say it was a wonder strike. Some say it was a lucky strike. Austin, where do you land here?
0: It's not a wonder strike it comes off his shin he took three other shots and they all were 50 yards off target when, And on those shots he actually connected with his boot he just throws his leg up he catches it on he catches it low on his shin if you actually see it rolls it, it hits low on his shin rolls up his boot and that's why it creates that wicked spin like ronaldo couldn't even catch a ball like that on purpose if he tried it was he was in the right position he got his leg up high you know for a big guy that takes talent but if if you give that same exact cross to him a hundred times, he probably whiffs fifty percent of them, um, and maybe puts like ten of them on target. So uh, no, I it looked it looked cool because of the spin of the ball, the power on it. It looked really cool, but especially when you see the replays, it it was a very fortuitous strike. Now you were a competitive soccer player, and even a striker, I mean the reason people are calling this because it's a, it's a, it's a center back, but yeah, I mean, it's it, he shinned it. Yeah. <laughs> he he shinned it. Um,
1: yeah, it, it, it's, you scored a goal. So it's good. I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I think that there is skill. And so I, I don't like the word to use the word luck. I was actually talking about this at dinner today. You can give me your opinion real quick. Uh, the difference between luck and skill. Um, sometimes when people score goals like that, people will call it luck. And, uh, I don't think it's luck because I think luck is something you have no control over. And like you know, it's like a, a quarterback that has a great season or Harry Kane, Harry Kane or Delhi, right? Maybe Delhi had two years. Um, but he's there was a skilled player, right? So there's skill in there. It's not all luck. Um, but yes, I agree. nine, nine times
0: out of ten. He's skying that like he did his other two shots in that match. Well, I think he with whiff- I think he even flat out misses it uh, a handful of times. I, I for me, luck, but when I use the term luck, maybe it can be more precise in my language. It's a very low probability that's, uh, that's to that's even get point. that on target, right? I he mean, did everything. I mean, he did the only thing you can do in that situation was just throw your boot at it, right? He threw his boot at it, but it's like, you know, um, you know, a, a pitcher in baseball, you know, swinging at a fastball and happens to connect and hits his one hit of the year. Right. Like yeah. okay cool good good for
1: you but for sure consistency will, will, will defer if it's like right. how skilled you are but everyone at that level is skilled so yeah for I
0: instance for instance I think it was two seasons ago or may have been right before COVID Son scored a goal um, where he was like it was the ball was coming across him at the top of the box and he 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 goes completely parallel to the ground with his left boot. And Scissor like Scissor kicks it out of the air on a half volley if you remember and scores it. He absolutely meant to do that and do it and like you could see that the precision of the strike and like everything he did was it was intentional with control. Sure. Koulibaly had no control in his leg. He just throws it up there, and the speed of the ball hits his leg at a perfect yeah. angle. So, he, so that's ask, why I say luck.
1: Let me ask you this question, uh, and then we got to move on because we have a lot to talk about. But uh, this is a fun topic that I've enjoyed uh, discussing today. Uh, Victor Wanyama's strike against Liverpool.
0: Oh, you again, there's control there, right? Like, he's over the top of the ball. He can't well, yeah, catch it cleanly on the races. Koulibaly
1: has good form, right? So, like, he has the form.
0: Right. If he catches that on his boot, though, that's over the bar, is what well, I'm mean, saying.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe. I, my point is, is like Victor Wanyama, you know, it I hits his shit and are... rolls
0: off his boot. Like, he, he has good form. I, I think it hit his leg in the only way yeah. that it possibly could have gone in, right? He's
1: not su- um, going to leave one guy open on a corner. It's Kabali, probably. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ball, it's like
0: Winx's goal from last year from like 50 yards out, right? He can tell you all day that he meant to put it there, but. Day. Let's be honest. He just hit a ball towards the far post and it happened to go in, for sure. Uh
1: so then we go into the half down, um 1-0 and probably I mean we got dominated. We got dominated that first half. I don't know but what, what do you have a different take on that? I, I think it's important for us to be unbiased as as Um possible.
0: I think they missed a clear-cut opportunity and we had someone through on goal in a clear-cut opportunity and they scored a low percentage Chance in the on the first, corner. In the first half we, the we we Sessingh threw on goal one on one. He his touch lets him down slightly. He goes a little bit wide, uh, but it's a really good save by Mendy. He's really quick to get out. It's a really good save by Mendy. Um, they were in control of the match, but they did not create that. We we both created the same number of chances. I think we had the same number of shots on target, honestly, because uh, Haber. I think they may have had two because Haber's was saved, but even in that one. Um and I said this in our group chat, it was a recurring theme for me. The ball kept falling for the man. Havertz shot in the first half, Romero makes a great tackle, and the ball not only falls back to Havertz, but falls perfectly into the path he was already running onto. It was like a FIFA moment, right, that you have in a video game where the ball just kind of drops right to him. Um Havertz missed two clear opportunities to score uh in that game. But they didn't create a ton. They had control of the ball, but I don't think they created a lot of clear-cut chances to score. Uh, I mean, they, they
1: were—I mean—they were controlling the game by far. We we, yes, didn't, yeah. we didn't we didn't break on them at all. We couldn't keep the ball. We couldn't even. No. We didn't really have, other than that. Sestian, I can't really think of a counterattack that we had. I mean, we we were just like chasing them. We were uh, like chasing shadows in the first half time. for sure. Uh, second half comes around. We were kind of. I know you and Chris were hoping for a, a change here. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't think that it would happen right away. But I do think we were improving as the second half came on, even even in that formation before we switched. Um, Sessing on out for Richarlison in the 57th minute. Uh, but when we do that, we switch to a four at the back. Austin, first look at Conte's four at the back with this new team. Uh, what were your thoughts on switching uh, Davies to left back and, and putting Richarlson on?
0: Uh, it allowed Kane to drop into the natural 10 role, and it helped out our midfield. And it, it, it helped us... Uh, Get the ball forward more quickly, but it also you could tell that our defenders are um, no longer used to playing in a back four. Davies especially uh, kept wanting to tuck really narrow and leaving for more space out wide. There were there were there were bigger gaps between our defenders than we're used to. Um, And 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 I'm not putting blame on the player. I think it's 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 tough to switch in the middle of the game. I think that's something that Conte is gonna have to keep drilling the team on. I think that's gonna be a common because he did it some last year too, right? um i think it's gonna be a common tactic of him if we're chasing the game to switch to a back four in the middle of the game but that means that that defense has to switch their mindset um but moving forward we started moving the ball through the middle of the pitch uh, a little bit better uh Hoiber started having space and started being able to to look up and get forward a little bit more um and kane was able to start impacting the game a little bit more he started spreading finally being able to get on the ball to spread spread the play around a little bit more Um, so there were encouraging signs there for sure. And then Kane, um, you know, misses, misses an opportunity for a goal that I think 85% of the time he's probably putting that in. And I think 92% of the time he's hitting the target. Um, so it's a little unfortunate there. It's hard to get mad at a guy that scores as many goals as Harry Kane. So, um, you know, you just have to chalk it up. That's just one of those times it doesn't go in, but, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. It opened the game up for sure, though. The the game itself, when we made that tactical change, the whole game opened up for both teams. Yeah, uh, I think that's a, a good point
1: that you may. Here's what I think, though, because I, I can see Davies thinking that he has covered the whole uh, for you know the first 60 minutes, and now all of a sudden he he doesn't have cover, and so right uh, there, there's a confusion standpoint. I, I just had a thought though. Uh, is there and not that this is possible, I don't think at this point, but is there any merit to keeping Rahelon as your left back as like Emerson and the Rahelon are your four, uh, two, three, one um, fullbacks? I mean, because I think that in a dream world, uh, that's a, that's where Reguilon and Royale shine is is a full, sure. position, at fullback where they don't have to bomb up the side or push up. And that allows the Rich Carlson, Son, Sun and Kane um,
0: quartet to be on the field at the same time. I think what Conte loves about Davies is he can play left back or left center back, right? So you you only have to make one substitution to change your system as opposed to making two subs. Yeah, but right? with
1: five – no, I mean maybe like lining up with four at the back, right? So if you wanted to line up with four at the back, then you could
0: like, You mean from the start? Yeah, from the start. I don't think we'll ever see Conte start the game with four at the back. I think he's going to start with his system in every match, and he'll make that adjustment if we're chasing the game. Okay. Um, and, and 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 so I'll be honest. I think that's the only reason Session was subbed off instead of Emerson was that um, we had a natural fullback in Davies there, um, and Emerson's a natural fullback. So Session's just the tactical change. I don't think it was a it was a a. a uh evaluation of his performance but i think that's what we're going to see from davies this year i think davies is the key for us to switch to a back four but that just means we're going to have to something we clearly have to work on because despite the fact that their goal came from a clear foul um davies was clearly playing his left center back position instead of his left back position which allowed reese james to be just in have the entire box to himself basically yeah. for that goal. So that
1: leads me uh, that leads us to um, controversy because the next you know 30 minutes of the match, uh, uh, welcome, Chris. The next 30 minutes of this match are full controversy. you made it you made it just in time, Chris. We're here to talk about um, the Benton yeah. core, the, the Benton core <laughs> foul or non- foul on Haverts uh, that leads to a Hoy goal about 45 seconds later. I see we're uh, doing. I think it was even longer than crowd, that, yeah. wasn't it? No, I think it was like 45 seconds, which is still, long. which is still pretty. Like it's it's long enough to not be considered part of there the There you go. Uh, so was it a foul, Chris? Uh,
2: at first glance, I have to say, if I was officiating that game, I might have called it on first glance. Yeah, looking at it on the second, it. and just from the exact right angle, I would say no. So I'm guessing the ref was just giving bentacore the uh, the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt. Just
1: based on the tra- trajectory of the ball. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was a foul when I was watching it live. I think Benjamin Core thought it was a foul as well. He did. Um, yeah. At, at, the joy of replay maybe made me change that, but I wouldn't be upset if they called that a foul and a free kick happened. No. Couldn't be bad. So. Couldn't be but bad. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we, we all remember the sun red card when he, quote unquote, kicked out on Rudiger. Um, let's not. Chelsea cannot play defenseless on this, and they they do have games where um, you
0: know, karma is karma is real. Yeah, Thiago Silva fl- throwing himself to the ground and, and cut getting a yeah. king goal wiped off just what six months
1: ago. So, so gets on the field. Jorginho doesn't uh, clear clears lines, um, lay it off to Hoyer and, and he finishes beautifully in the corner. Um, the, the keeper's right, left, bottom corner uh, was well, Charleston off sides, Chris. Was he affecting – should that have been reversed, that goal, uh, by VAR because he was directly affecting the lie? Uh,
2: it's one of those – I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Um, I haven't seen a, repl- or a replay to make me think that he was. But at the same time, had the had the official called him offside at the time, I don't think I would have second-guessed it. I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, he probably was based on his position. I, I Again, I haven't seen a replay. That makes me say he was offside. I'm just saying, had again, it's another one of those where had the official made that call, I probably would have been like, oh,
1: that sucks, and then we'd have been back at square one. Yeah, I I I agree, Uh, Austin. I I think that it could have been called either way, but he wasn't that super close to the keeper. It wasn't clear, clear and obvious, but um, I there's there's a lot more controversy. No, no, you guys
0: you guys are being you guys going out of your way to be too unbiased. No, no, that is not called. Nowadays in soccer, that is not called like nine times out of ten. They they looked for it on a bar. Mindy had a clear side of the ball when it was kicked, which is the only rule that matters. If Charleston didn't make a play for the ball, he turned his upper body was it, and Mindy didn't even appeal for it. No one's talking about this. Goalkeepers are the first person to appeal for offsides anytime a ball goes in. Mindy didn't even appeal for it. Rich Olson was in an offside position, but they changed that rule years ago because people who were not impacting the play at all were getting offsides called them and goals were getting chopped out, right? Rich Olson wasn't impacting the play in the in the slightest. No defender moved because of him. The keeper wasn't unsighted. They barely even checked that. They looked at it for like a hot second and VAR basically waved that off immediately. The main thing was Chelsea were... They, Chelsea fans didn't even talk about that until a day later. When they were like, oh, that's that's the other thing we can talk about that goal. They were mad about the Benton core foul more than the no, offsides so um,
2: uh Tuchel said something about it immediately following the game. He said neither one of our goals should have stood.
1: Yeah, he and, was and, very, and I'm very gonna, quick to i we're gonna move on, but I'm gonna Austin, you had your little rant on it. I, not rant, but your your thoughts on it. So I I'm I just watched it again and I think that um there is a yeah, way I've watched way, it like twenty three times. There is a way there is he is standing in front. Of the keeper and it it passes right by his feet so as a keeper you might think you have to play a deflection or it could deflect and so but i go either way i'm not saying it's guaranteed i'm just saying i well, i wouldn't and have and been if if they called
0: if it off i could have been like okay that sucks but i could see sure. it and but he never makes a movement towards it. the ball it goes past him but he never makes a movement towards it and that's the rule and, and so if, if, if that's a bad rule that's a bad rule but by the rules as they're written it was perfectly officiated like you can see Mindy has clear side of the ball when it's kicked, which is the only, by the letter of the law, that is what matters for VAR. And then if yeah. Richarlson doesn't make a move towards the ball, uh, he can't be called offsides. And I don't love the offside law. To be honest with you, I hate how late they they raise the flag um, and how they have to wait until someone like touches the ball for it to be called offsides. I think that that could use a lot of work. What I'm saying is yeah. they, they called it correctly based on how the law is written. For sure, yeah.
1: I don't think yep. I don't think it's enough to throw a fit about the goal. And It was a great strike by Hoiberg. I mean, honestly, a great strike.
0: Yeah. Um, he loves to do those precision, precision yeah. not power little passes sure. into the goal, doesn't he? Um.
1: And so then we're, t- we're level. Uh, when we went level, about five minutes after that, I looked at and I said, "We need to switch our formation back." We we looked very susceptible. And about five minutes after that, when Perisic and Basuma are ready to come on, which we can assume was to switch the formation back um you know it happens we just talked about it davies kind of got lost um getting pulled in you can see dyer getting pulled in as well i mean you have dyer's dyer and romero all pretty much out like almost on the outside of the 18 yard box on the right hand side it's how they all got sucked in so technically it could be all their faults because davies is probably just following a center back he can't not go with dyer because there's a massive right right, right. In middle so as a whole i think that whole unit just thought someone um, this is what they're used to doing as they're moving. Uh, nothing really Hugo can do there um, with that regime's finish. Now, I know we can we can talk all day about the cooleski. I know I'm not forgetting these things Austin. I see you. I, I know you want to talk about them, but uh, well, if I just would go on, you would say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which you do. So we're gonna move on though because I want to get to the end here. Uh, Cugarella, Romero, Austin. I'm going to start with you because I already know Chris is going to be the more um,
0: even keeled of
1: the two. Was this a red card?
0: Um, you know, I thought it was. I, I actually didn't see it live because, again, I was in a really crowded pub. And actually, the, when they were replaying the moment, everyone was talking about what I forgot you like, didn't have audio. I
1: forgot you didn't have audio. And I had
0: no audio. So I didn't see it till afterwards on the train ride home. Um, When I saw it it afterwards, I was like, oh, that's that's a red card. And then it wasn't it wasn't until later I learned that they consider hair pulling the same as jersey pulling, basically, where it's not inherently violent in itself. So I guess you have to punch them on the way down, too. I don't know. But um, like, I can understand why it wasn't called the process, the the, the failures in process that led to it not being called. Anthony Taylor had to have not seen it live because he would have called a foul. Yeah. Uh, I understand VAR not being able to to, to not, not not call him a red card. My problem is again, and I've said this for two years now. The way that the, the rules are written for VAR are stupid. If it can give a red card, it should be able to be give a yellow card. And why wouldn't they send Anthony Taylor over to the monitor to look at it? Because yeah. Anthony Taylor can give a free kick. So I think it's definitely a free kick. Um, it's borderline a red. Well, I don't you, think you, it's you, as
1: you, you can't review fouls unless it's a red. Or it's like a. Penalty. But see, that's my point. I think that's if
0: yeah, if yeah, yeah, if it leads to a corner or something, there's another stoppage to play. You should be able to review that, especially if it's borderline violent conduct. But the way it's written is, are we going to review this for violent conduct? But if it's not a red, it's nothing, right? So when yeah. if Romero was already on a yellow card, he doesn't get a second yellow for that, right? And that's happened to us before, where someone doesn't get a second yellow because it's not a straight red so i definitely think it's a foul i definitely think in a lot of cases if anthony taylor sees that first time he probably gives a red i think it's hilarious that var can't give a red on that yeah <laughs> uh wow you were way
1: less biased than i thought you were chris do you want to Yeah, s- see do you say should anything? be making assumptions <laughs> <You're> right.
2: <laughs> the only thing is i i was asking a friend of mine about that exact call and why, because I was very curious as to why um, in the review post-match, they wouldn't there wouldn't be some sort of, because I assumed it was a foul. It looks like a foul to me. And one of the reasons I was given was at no point during that run of play does Romero ever make it look purposeful in what he's doing. It's not a, I'm going to grab his hair and haul him to the ground. And... He doesn't make – he's looking at the ball. He's looking at the corner coming in. He's making a play for the ball. So it doesn't look like it is a purposeful intent of pulling his hair, which is the whole thing, like Austin was saying, how long hair is just the same as a jersey. Just because you have long hair doesn't mean that you get the benefit of, well, if somebody touches your hair, it's a foul every time because you have long hair. You just have to live with the fact that you have long hair, long hair in a scr- – scuffle like that is going to get pulled you gotta deal with it and there's just not much you can do and that's kind of the reason huh. that they didn't go back and say well that's a red now and that's, I mean, have that's we have we
0: considered the circumstance that anthony taylor just hates and or is very jealous of who grow hair
2: it might Same. be that uh, I didn't realize also that Chelsea as a whole just has a problem with Anthony Taylor and he, with them, I didn't, know I didn't this was a thing.
0: This was news to me. Apparently they have like a 10 year yeah. hate Apparently, train on this guy from all the uh,
2: Chelsea fans. They were just like, the moment they saw Anthony Taylor's name, they were just like, we're going to get screwed here. Yeah. Some kind of way. And sure enough,
0: yeah, I, uh, I, do, I, th- I, think I think that about yeah, every ref in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was pretty strategic,
1: though. I mean, you're right, Chris, in the sense that he wasn't looking at Cucurella, and it's so technically, little- technically <laughs> he could just say he was, like, swimming his his arm to push, and it got stuck in He was in his getting a lot of like, hair.
0: got he caught he should, in my hand. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he didn't
1: brush I mean, that's, his hair. That's what I'm saying, is is if Anything you're a could player, and you run into this a lot with— yeah, if you would have, like, gone behind him and, like, grabbed both arms exactly. and, like— yeah, you know, but I, I and i agree it could easily have been a, a red but since letter of the law right i mean letter of the law it's going to change right this will be another law that tottenham are responsible for changing yes next year um, they'll
2: change this based on what yeah. happened at spurs
1: <laughs> and uh man per- let's just, give a second to give credit to Perisic and, and his his just free kicks and corners and his kicking leadership his left and his right and his leadership the way he was pulling session on while he was the water break i mean uh Man, he can whip it in. He can, he can whip, He can whip. He knows how to whip a ball in, boys. Uh, but his does he know how to nay nay too? If he knows yeah. how to whip. Does he know how to nay uh, Okay, all right. Uh, his cross <laughs> into Kane, and uh, I think there were three players there. Three Spurs players and no Chelsea players there. There were four. And it was going in without the touch of Rees James, right? I couldn't really. I yeah, they ruled it a Kane goal. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it wasn't going to go in, but I couldn't I think really that get an angle.
0: lied and Reece James it was, touched it on his thigh. Uh, yeah. I, think was- I think it was just inside the post. They ruled it a Kane goal. Well, so. Yeah, but if
1: they can't really get a good angle on it, I mean, they're gonna always give it to the goal scorer,
0: I believe. But- it was close. I I had it going hitting the post or just inside the post, but it was close. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: So Kane scores, and everyone runs to the away fans, and Romero yells at Reese James, uh, and then uh, <laughs> it, and then man, we gotta talk about. You know, that's literally the last minute of the game. Now we have to talk about the uh, Conte versus Tuchel. Uh, Conte versus Tuchel, Austin. Um, who was the instigator from the from the the get go in this little uh, manager tiff that we saw on Sunday?
0: All you have to know is when we scored our goal, and Conte celebrates in his own technical area. I'll I'll, I'll mind you. Uh, Tuchel reacts like a thirteen year old rage lord on Fortnite. When Chelsea score their second goal, Tuchel runs down the length of the pitch like Waluigi just won a uh, Mario Kart race, and, which should have been a yellow card, by the way. It's an automatic yellow when you leave your technical area like that. And Conte puts his head down, doesn't even pay him any mind. I know he makes the joking Instagram post later that night, but Tuch- Conte didn't react to him at all. So one manager turns fist pumps in the general direction of our way, fans. I think he also knew what he was doing. And makes Tuchel go off like a like a mad 13 year old. The other manager runs down the entire length of the pitch like a like a child, and our manager does nothing. To me, Tuchel was try, trying to engage in the mind games with Conte, which is always a bad idea, I think. Um, and to me, Tuchel was was asking for the, and then he couldn't wind Conte up, and then had to resort to literally committing. Let's be honest, low-key assault. If you if you shake someone's hand and you pull them back, that is that is by the letter of American law, at least. That's battery. That's unwanted touching. He's pulling him back in and re- refusing to let go. Like Conte did nothing wrong and got a red card at the end. All he did was go to shake his hand. Um, Tuchel, I think, shows a very, very weak mentality in this game. And then later after the game, he tries to brush it off, right? But he still talks about the referees. He still talks about the injustice Conte just talked about his players um so to me i'm happy with my manager in this in this situation yeah i agree
1: chris anything you want to add to that
2: no there's not much to add tuchel's a jerk that's that's all i can say
1: yeah man what tuchel and Klopp are some crybabies
0: i mean i don't even think i never noticed how odd of looking like and i hate talking about people's looks i don't mean this as an indictment of him as a person but the dude is very gangly it's a tall dude. I didn't realize
1: yeah, he's, he's like
0: he's like a praying mantis out there. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I I I don't know. It was entertaining. I'll just say that it was, it entertaining, was entertaining to watch. I, I, I for the I think the, for, for the first time in a while I, I watched the post match show in hopes to see like some interviews and and hear what the you know the color commentators thought about it. They were reporting on the game. So uh, Austin, who's the big winner? on
0: Sunday. Spurs got a point at Stanford bridge that to me, me, there's no way that Chelsea, Chelsea feels like they lost two points and we feel like we gained one in a performance. Let's be honest, at least for the first half, we were not playing well. We found a way to get away from the bridge with a point. So we've got to be, I mean, we shared the spoils, but we've got to think Spurs are the happier team leaving that game. Chris, Chris, is that the hardest game we'll play all year?
2: Absolutely not.
0: Oh. No,
2: like no, absolutely not. That is nowhere near the hardest game we're gonna play.
1: Okay, that was that was quick. I think I think it might be because Stanford Bridge is pro, the mm. toughest place for us to go. I think Anfield might be the hardest.
0: I, I, know. Liverpool I looks doubt shaky.
1: even that's gonna be the hardest one.
0: Chelsea looks really shaky first week too. No, Anfield's a hard place to win. Well, no, it is. Yeah. I
1: agree, but like, I mean, I don't when know. do we we'll see Liverpool? We'll see. I'm not sure. I think it's after Liverpool, the break.
2: After the break, it's a little yeah. So
1: they'll get their they'll get their shit together before we play them. Don't worry. I think they have more of an issue, and this is a Liverpool podcast. I, I think they have more of an issue though um, with Nunes than they thought they did. Um, I, I don't think. Oh, I think talk that, about a fragile mentality, right? Yeah, <laughs> I I think that he's not. J- I mean, he was really poor before he got sent off. So I think Liverpool, if they get if Salah gets injured, whoo! You don't want to see that. Plus, they have tons of injuries right now. Excuse me. Um, uh, Okay, how would you rate that performance? Uh, One out of ten. Chris? Uh, Performance, not result.
2: I was going to say, the performance overall, I still give the mentality and staying in the game a pretty high mark, so I'd say a seven.
1: Man of the match, Chris? Uh...
2: Honestly, Pear-Stitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Awesome. I, I'd say it's like a, so I can see a seven, probably somewhere between a six and a seven. Um, because the second half, I think that this mental fortitude is something, you know, I talked about it after the Southampton game, our response to going down a goal and then destroying Southampton the rest of the game, our response to stay in the game and to, uh, and to fight in a hostile environment, uh, I was really impressed with For that first half. The performance was not very good. So maybe like a 6.5. I, my man of the match, honestly, is Romero. Uh, even though we just talked about his hair pulling incident, uh, come to find out, I had this feeling on Sunday that he would be my man of the match, but everything I've learned since, I actually feel even stronger about because he got stomped on by Cucurella in like the fifth or sixth minute and apparently was playing banged up the rest of the match. And played really well for that entire match. Um, so I, I I think Romero is probably a good shot, but I understand Chris that the impact set with Parasich was very important. Um
1: yeah, okay. I, I give it about six and a half as well. Uh and yeah I'd probably go Romero, but um let's be honest. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna just to be different, I'm gonna go Hoiberg, I think. Uh <laughs> And I and we, I guess we can just have a, a conversation about this because you thought Benjamin Moore had a better game, but um, I think that he played a great. He played the third ball to Kane that came. You said scored would have scored ninety two percent or eighty five percent of the time. Ninety two percent would be on. He played that through ball. He scored a goal. Um,
0: he uh, he was much much better in the second half. The first half, first sure, no, one was, blocks, good, no sure one was lost, but he struggled really, really, really fast half. Um, I thought Benjinkor played pretty well in the first half, honestly, yeah, uh, but, but that's before, just me. I,
1: I I don't I'm not going to go into too many statistics, but I'll give my one minute argument while I then we'll, we'll we'll figure out how to do this moving forward. But I'll give one minute to myself and one minute to you, Austin, and let Chris decide uh, who was the better player on Sunday, Hoiberg or Benjinkor. You ready? All right. So uh, Hoiberg had uh, 89% pass success. Uh, he won uh, compared to Benton seventy three percent uh he had four tackles compared to Benton Kors, three tackles now granted Benton Kors was subbed off uh he scored a goal um you know Bentoncourt did not score a goal uh if you're looking at, at total accurate passes uh he had 34 uh out of 38 were accurate uh, of course 27 out of 37 uh, dispossessed he was only dispossessed one time has been to go zero times uh, and he he's not meant to be the creative midfielder so in that situation of where we were at and the player that we need I think he was that I think the middle the midfield just got over in general and that was more of a formation problem not a not a um, personnel problem.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not really I can't really argue with anything you said because the second half is much different. Benji only got about 15 minutes in the second half. Holmgren played the whole second half, and he got better as the game went on. In the first half, which is what I was sending all the messages about, in the in the in the, in the oh, hold on uh, hold on.
1: got. I'll, I'll add another 10 seconds, but Benji core played until the 80th minute. So
0: was it the 80th okay? Um, but in in the first half, which what I was sending all the messages about. Hoeger really wasn't getting on the ball. Most of his passes and touches that you just mentioned, I think a lot. Of the lion's share of that was in the second half, where he definitely did start playing better. core uh, I thought, was all around the ball much more often, defensively and offensively. We were we were struggling, but I I saw I just qualitatively I know and I had no commentary right, so I wasn't hearing names or anything, but I noticed core's impact on our shape and defensive structure and keeping us from going down by more goals. I lost Hoiber in the mix. Uh, I saw him make a really good really good block at the top of the box, uh, but I really thought Hoiber kind of faded uh, in the first half into the background, and that's what my comment was mainly about. In the second half, Hoiber definitely had a bigger impact oh. on the game, um, but I I, I I, felt Ben DeCore was the better player in the
1: first half. Yeah, and just for clarification, for accountability perspective, Chris, before we make this judgment, uh, you know, at 10.30 the game started, at 12:42, Austin said, "Hoiberg and Son were much worse than Bentoncore. Post game, he might have been drunk, but he didn't say it just in the first <laughs> half. He said it after the game. So, Chris, uh, go I wasn't ahead. Give drunk? A- <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> he was taking a trade somewhere. But I'm just saying he didn't just say it in the first half. So th- don't let him get off in this argument now that uh, my case has been pleaded. Please. That's when the time.
0: conversation started. Was that? yeah, for sure. <laughs> it
1: did. It did. It did. I'll give you that. Is what I meant. All right, Chris, go ahead. Honest,
2: honestly, I, I, and I, Austin and I talked about this during the game because I remember when him him bringing up Hoybier and Bintecor, and which who was having the better game, what what everybody's, what everybody's w- was doing. I honestly agree that Hoybier had the better game overall. I, I don't think there's like an argument between the two of you. Is really what that gets down to because Austin, Austin yeah. already concedes Bintecor got 15 minutes in the second half. It's obvious no, no, no. that even if we don't have twenty five. Yeah, twenty-five, not fifteen. Yeah,
0: Thirty-five. 30, 35.
2: And it's yeah. obvious that something was up there and Conte felt yeah. that's my weak link. I'm taking him off. So that's where it all lies. But um Yeah, I just even in the first half, I get it that that Hoybeer wasn't the most, I guess, pronounced player on the pitch at the time, but we also don't know what instructions they were given. Bentecore. Is hands down better on the ball than Hoybeer is. He's much better at progressing the ball. He's much more creative on the ball. So yes, you're going to notice his his touches. You're gonna notice his progression. You're gonna notice his passing more.
0: I don't know. I don't think yeah. he is. You know, you know, that's that's really that's really interesting. You say is that this no. I think you're gonna say this too.
1: Stop, stop. Is that a joke? I think, is our more
0: offensive midfielder.
1: I think
2: I think I think
0: our more offensive midfielder out of the two. Hoybeer is definitely the more offensive out of the two,
1: but he's more—he's better on the ball than Benticor is? Well, no, he's be, he's a better passer of the ball.
0: He's a better passer than Bentegour, but he's not I, better I, on the ball. He's not, I, I is I, a better I, dribbler.
1: For, I'll give you that—he's a but, uh, better dribbler for sure. Hoyberg is terrible. And, and don't this, let him take more than like three touches. Okay, because it's not this, be good, actually, right? this actually
0: I'm, is a really good. This is a really good vein uh, of discussion. I guess why I was coming where I was with Hoybeer. Hoybeer is meant to be the more offensive-minded midfielder out of the two. Yeah. And I guess maybe in the first half, because we got no control of that game, Hoiberg had no lead key passes. He had no ability to dictate anything
2: in the first half. We right. Get all to him.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that and Yeah. We, yeah. We, we also so came, we so, so that process. that probably skewed and Sorry, me and Austin talked about this earlier, Chris, you were missing out on, but like, you know, it's not the midfielder's responsibility to move the ball forward. That in Conte system, it's the wingback's responsibility and, and Sassignon and Royale are just locked down and they're not the, the, the wingbacks to really do that um, in our opinion, so. Uh, all right, let's uh, transition here. Uh, Chris is, you know, second, second. This is the first time I get to, to give you a shout out, but thanks uh, for the Collins cues. gonna roll that here.
0: We it's time for Colin Cues.
1: With your host, Colin Kidd. All right, so we've got Colin's Cues. going to keep this a little bit shorter today. I have a long one, but I, for sake of time uh and i want to create a we have that second one that we're going to implement uh second little session court side i got to think of a name though chris chris the judge judge chris like judge judy
0: uh <laughs> no, that implies
1: that chris will never be one of that's the creators. yeah that's not i gotta figure that, out my case. own
2: segment i don't
1: have a segment yet we'll, well figure it out it <laughs> is really uh but please if you'd love to have one i would love to not talk so much all right ready so <laughs> yep. i i have compiled a list here uh, and I'm gonna go. We're gonna go big. A, a, a big. Who is the bigger bust? And Ooh. you guys have to agree before we can move on. If you don't agree after 30 seconds, Bethany picks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can you define? Can you define hey, what uh, your you, two, of bust
1: you is? two? You two together can define it. This, okay. is, this is a teamwork building exercise. Uh, and we believe in the Conte system, so we're going to do that. Some teamwork here, Chris and Austin. You have to agree. What is, uh, but what is the definition of bust? You have uh, go ahead and discuss quickly. Ooh,
2: I want to go straight to what did we invest in this player wage wise and in the transaction of bringing him to the club, and then what was the overall expectation and expectation level?
0: So those are two different things, right? Like one's more talking about your your emotional disappointment. Yeah. For me, a bust, for me, a disappointment is more emotional, like your expectations falling short. For me, bust is like you put in an American sports context, you drafted a first round pick and they didn't pan out, or you moved up, moved a player from the seventh round to the second round, and you invested a lot of capital in in a long shot and it didn't, you know. To me, a bust is more about the business side of it, not the emotional side of it. That—that's what bust means to me. But we can like agree that. on something different.
1: Well, as okay. long as you're agreeing on the same thing, then at least that y'all are united okay. in what you're like the discuss. The argument can't be that you're not think- viewing this the same. So what did you decide? So on?
0: for instance, if you're trying, you have us two players that were transferred in. We're saying who's the bigger bust. Yeah, I would I give you be two saying- players
1: over the last decade. Um, okay. And, and then we're going to go. Uh, whoever you say is the bigger bus, we'll move on and I'll keep just so it's, so it's The
0: worst transfer is what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That's
1: fair. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? <laughs> I'm going to give you 30 seconds to, to debate. And then if not, Bethany, you ready? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> she won't know most of these players. So uh, uh, we're going to start with uh, Clinton and G and Kevin
0: and Kudu. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: wait. <laughs> yeah. We're picking between these two? Who was the bigger
0: hey Chris, Chris, pick one, and I'll agree with you because there's no <laughs> choosing between those there's two.
2: No choos- yeah, I'm like, there's no choosing here. Wait,
0: wait, wait. wait. In- no, NG go got and the through. assist against... No. Did NG get the assist against City in that 4-1 win? No. He fed it to Lamella, and Lamella kind of juked around the box and then put it away, because Nkudu got nothing, right? Did he ever get Enkuru, an assist?
2: No, Nkudu had one assist that was important to us right before he left that was a cross into the box that I think Winx put away that earned us yep. like a really we'll valuable Enkuru. points. Enkuru. Enkuru, and also, you have to remember, Nkudu was um, – he was the one who teamed up with uh, Michi Bachwai in France, and they were this super high-impact duo – and the, the thought was when he was coming here. Do you guys remember the transfer for NKudu? Do you remember how long it dragged out?
1: Uh, do no. no.
2: NKudu was at the club, at the club, signed, training, and and basically at the club for almost two months. Okay. And he kept dropping hints in his social media that he was he was a Spurs player, but so nobody he's the bigger bust. anything. And then all of a sudden they were like, by the way, we signed this guy. And he, would, like, I think we were aiming for Batshuayi and missed. And, yeah, he was a bot. He was terrible. Out of those two, he was... NG, I didn't even know who he was. I had no, I
0: had no okay, expectation right.
2: for NG. This is way too
1: long. <laughs> 30 Sorry, seconds it's next time. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. So we agree that Clint NG is safe and Kudu moves on to the next round. Um, <laughs> and Kudu...
0: Oh, that's how this works?
1: Yeah, We're like rolling
0: over our picks. Okay.
1: Yeah, and Kudu or Soldado. Oh, Soldado. Soldado. Without easy. Without a doubt. It's, yeah. Okay. Soldado or Eganson.
0: Soldado. Soldado. Hey. All right. Interesting. We, so Soldado was a club record signing, yeah, and true. he was banging in goals for fun. At Lee. I think he scored like what eight goals for us.
1: You know, he, and he was banging in
0: goals in a I mean, he
1: he, he did time. only he cost eight mil more than Vincent Anson, but yeah,
0: true. But true. But Soldado was supposed to be our yeah. No, it's, his, yeah. it's
1: y'all's pick. So all right, so Soldado moves on. Soldado or uh, Federico Fazio. Soldado. Soldado. Okay. Soldado or
0: Paulinho. Ooh. Paulinho. Now we're getting spicy. You said Paulinho?
2: Yeah, I think Paulinho. The, uh the, the back of that Frank World Cup.
0: Ooh, I I'm not I don't care enough about it's splitting hairs between the two of them, so I'm not gonna because I'm not gonna be argumentative game. here. I'll say Polino. All right, Polino. I, I think you could go either way, so I'll stick with that. i uh, Nothing with other than this.
1: that one wayward shot that he put on. <laughs> I remember it was <this laughs> like a free throw. <laughs> not a free throw, a throw in. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Polino or Jack Clark.
0: Polinio. Okay. Jack Clark's a youth signing. It's not, by definition, he can't be a, like, a no, he wasn't bust. Jack was Clark? Like, he cost,
1: I mean, he, he, played he cost leads. about $11 million. Plus $12 mil, yeah. He was, uh, he was $12
0: million, he, he was nineteen he, when we bought him. Yeah,
1: he yeah, but he didn't play a single game at the
0: Premier I mean, yeah, he bought a 19-year-old and he didn't play. Polinio yeah. hasn't had, played either.
1: He had, had a really great World Cup. I, hey, when I picked yeah. this list, it was players that cost, like, over 10 mil. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, we, don't yeah. have a, we don't have a massive option here, right? Paulinho or Vlad Kirikish? Paulinho.
0: Yeah. Kirikish was fun, though, man. He was a mad lad, and I'm glad he doesn't play for us, but I'll never forget <laughs> the uh, in-the-rain Europa League overhead oh, yeah, as last defender flicking the ball for over for his for. head.
1: Uh, Paulinho or Sergio Rejelon? Paulinho. yeah Paulinho or Joe Roden. Paulinho. Paulinho or G- Los Celso. Los Celso. Los Celso, yeah. Los Celso or Andombole.
0: This is and this this is where always gonna head, right? Um Chris are talking about this. this. I think I think Indombele was the bigger disappointment because he actually had hype. Loselso was just bad business, man. He was never gonna be a world beater and we paid 50 mil for him. Yeah. between the loan fee and the transfer fee because the loan fee was like 17 and the transfer fee was in the 30s we paid we only paid marginally less for loselso than we did in Domblay, and and loselso gave us basically no goals or assists that that won us points I'd, i would, to... i think loselso was worse business but i don't know how do you feel chris
2: no no, no. Uh, that's actually that's the best way to put it because w- it, like Think about when Conte arrived and one of his first criticisms of Spurs, his first public criticisms was that our scouting for players that we're bringing in from other leagues is dreadful. It's awful. We bring in a lot of players who aren't prepared to play in the Premier League. LaCelso was clearly not prepared to play in the Premier League, and any other team would have known that and not put $50 million yep. into this player.
0: So other teams were in for Dombalay. No, Indombele we we're the only had ones going to pay yeah. fifty million for Loselso.
2: Nobody <laughs> else was going to pay this much money for Lo Celso. C- exactly, correct. There we go. We don't need to go too much further than that. But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. And so it looks like Lo Celso is the biggest transfer bus the past decade. Uh, marginally,
0: by by the skin of his teeth. He wins there's, a,
1: there's a lot of competitors there. Yeah, do so would, 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 the would you go in you or Paulinho?
0: I would probably put in Domblay second, and then yeah. and then honestly, my list would be, in Domblay, then Soldado Paulinho. But like I said, Paulinho and Soldado were so close there, I didn't feel the need to split hairs. Yeah, all right. Soldado was a huge bust, a likable dude, but a ginormous bust. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. All right,
1: that's gonna wrap, Colin Skews. Let's head into the preview this weekend against fun. the Wolverhampton um, on Saturday morning, six thirty kickoff, bright and early. 12:30. It's gonna be hot in London, I believe it. At 12:30, they're like taking water breaks over there. It's like 88 Celsius in Texas, like one or not 88 Celsius. 88. 88 Did you just say 80? Yeah.
0: 88, <laughs> 88 Texas, Celsius. They
1: might be combusting. Yeah, they'd be dead. It's like 105 <laughs> here still. Uh, need a water break at work. Um, we'll just, it's been it's been in the 70s here. It's been yeah, raining. It, nice. it was raining today. Uh, so early. It's already crops. fall here. I'm
0: drinking fall beer.
1: Okay, don't rub it in. Early kickoffs are not our favorite, uh, Chris. And we it looks like we, as of now, we're, we don't think we'll have Conte on this touchline. line. Uh, and new new, <clears throat> new news has come out today that Romero will not be uh, fit. He hasn't picked up a knock against Chelsea. Um, Cucurella, I guess that was the payback that we got. Um, excuse me, sorry. So six thirty kickoff, no Conte, no Romero, Chris. Who uh, who's taking charge on the sideline?
2: Oh, I can't remember in the names of any of our assistant coaches. Well, it's, um, Ryan, it's Ryan Mason or an Italian pick. The Ryan Mason. I'll just say Ryan. It's the only name I know to say. It's got to okay. <laughs> awesome. be an Italian. Awesome. It's going
1: to be an Italian.
0: I don't even know his name. But Conte's like Mason, do take your normal seat. We need an Italian out there gesturing. That's 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 the way this you know, team I'm runs. I'm
1: surprised I didn't get any laughs when I to all that Twitter of uh, the guy. I was that, trying
0: to or not to get triggered.
1: The the guy, there's something on Twitter that's great, and one of my Tottenham friends sent it to me. Was a guy. What is that scene in? I don't know, but it's basically says it's like pretending to be Winks. Whenever he finds out Mason's the head coach, it's like he's gonna get another chance. So he turns. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Mason. Let's say, let's say, regardless of who it is, uh, who uh, is subbing in for Romero here, and do we make any substitutions um, or changes? Based off the performance that that starting eleven had on the weekend, Chris.
2: Um, I think Sanchez gets the start for Romero. That's the obvious like for like. That's his that's his spot to take. Um, as far as any other changes, I I'm hesitant as always. And I get that Emerson has had a good run in the team, ending last season and starting this one. I'm always hesitant to put him next to sanchez on that right hand side because they're sanchez is just not cerebral enough to guide his outside wing back and as a neophyte basically at playing right wing back emerson needs an inside center back to help him figure out what he where he needs to be and what to do romero does that so i'm hesitant to put them both on the same side but that being said um, Conte obviously has some faith in, in Emerson, so he probably gets that start. I don't see him robbing him of a Wolves performance so that he can give Doherty a start. Austin Sessing on start or Perisic?
0: Yeah, I was getting to say that we're either going to see just one sub or we're going to see like four. Uh, Sanchez definitely comes in, but I think Sessing gets another gets another shot for a couple reasons. One, I'm not sold that Perisic is up to full fitness to to to, to start yet, um, and he obviously can be an impact sub. Two, I think Sesignan didn't play horribly against Chelsea, and I think getting him consistency and getting him minutes and getting him in the groove is going to be important. So um, I could see us just putting Sanchez in and running everything else back the same, or I could see Perisic starting, Basuma starting, and Doherty starting, um, and us making you know kind of four changes. I don't know which way it will go, but I don't think it's going to be two. I think it's like one or four. Okay. Um, interesting. I have no idea. I don't even have a prediction. But I trust whatever he
1: does. Um, I, I think I would like to see something change up. Someone's. I even heard someone mention taking the Sun out and putting my Charleston in. Uh, I don't think that would be smart. I think you need to get Sun off and running. Um, oh, yeah. but I think that maybe if this was like mid-season and he look tired, or but I mean the season just started, so it's going to be important to get Sun up and running. Um, and yeah, there's like the a game, game coming time. up right away
2: or something. I'd be more concerned for but. sure.
1: And we're still with one game a week right now, so I think that, that Champions League's
0: yeah. around the corner. We need it, we need Sun and is. Kane up and running. Yeah,
1: so I don't would not change the front three. I, w- I would bring Richarlson in at 55, 60 minutes if it's not working, or if we need that, I, or no matter what, I would bring him in whoever's yeah. playing worse between Kulusevski and Son. But uh, I I, don't, I wouldn't mess with that front three currently. So Wolves are coming in uh, off the back of a draw against Fulham uh, at home. 1-1, uh, not um, looking too dangerous. They sold Connor Cody to Everton, I believe. They do have uh, Jimenez is still out, correct, Austin, I believe? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, and so they have Pedro Neto, uh, Podence. It's the same cast. They didn't really change much. Some more Portuguese players, I believe.
0: Um,
2: also, uh, triore is still trying to go away from Wolves. He's still
0: trying to get out. <laughs> uh, it's like much- the reverse arm now. It's like a player Austin, trying to leave. Austin, what would you pay in. for triore? Ten mil. Um, <laughs> what 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 are we getting paid for Los Uh I don't know. I
1: think it probably be around twenty, right? I think it's twenty. No, we're, we're, no
0: the trick question. We're getting paid zero for Los I wouldn't pay anything for Ray, because we don't have a space of non-homegrown players and he wouldn't help our team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know if I'd not say anything, but yeah, it, it would have to be pretty low and it's not going to happen. So uh, this Wolves team has uh, is, is currently struggling in the league, but as always, they're dangerous. This is another chance for us to get some points where we did not get any last year. Uh, we This is the back-to-back games we lost against Southampton and Wolver- Wolverhampton. Um I think it was February or March. I'm not sure. March, it was yeah. both back-to-back games. So this could be the third game in a row where we get points in a fixture last year that we did not get any points in. Uh, and that was, was it Wolves master...
0: or was it – I thought it was Southampton and Brighton were the back-to-back no, games you lost.
1: It was Southampton and Wolves. Wolves beat us 2-0 at home. Um, Brighton also beat us, but that was later on. So mm. let's do predictions. Chris, what you got here?
2: 3-0 Spurs. Awesome.
1: I need to create a spreadsheet.
0: I think we'll finally get our clean sheet. It'll be two nil. I think Sun and Kane score and um, maybe even assist each other. Okay. Um,
1: Bethany, you got a prediction for the game? Yeah. We're gonna win. <laughs> that's all need I need. Like We're score? good. She's not gonna watch. It's six thirty in the morning. But that's fair. Three one. 3-1.
0: to 4-0. Um, yeah. Let's
1: just I want your up. score.
0: Yeah, So it's going to be squeaky bum time because all of y'all are predicting goals. So <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you predicted goals too. 2-0, uh, two, two nil, one in each half is modest compared to your 4-0 over
1: here.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, Mr. 4-0. But, but Wolves are, are, aren't a team that will sit back. They're not going to be like a – I mean, they're going to come out and play. They'll they'll leave space and I I think that their defense is super vulnerable without Connor Cody. I think they're gonna really miss Cody, and so um, unless they change their formation or figure out how to stifle that front three, you know, I think Chelsea just played the the perfect game.
0: Connor Cody is a name that sounds like uh, like a guitarist and like a 2004 alt rock band.
1: Connor (laughs) Cody, (laughs) Uh, that's fair. Can't can't really disagree with that. Uh, All right, guys, I don't have anything else. it's about an hour long podcast here. Any, anything else you want to add, Professor Austin? For heading into the weekend. Oh, we did sign a new I'm player. Austin, first. Austin, huh? Hey, we signed a new player officially. Oh,
0: destiny. Yeah. You run from it, dread it. Destiny arrives all the same. Thanos told us that in uh, in game. Um, he is a very big uh, prospect um, under you know under twenty one prospect. He was honestly, most people said in Syria, he was the second best fullback in the league last season for Munez. So uh, we'll probably get loaned back. I don't know. Did they they announce it was Lung official that we're loaned back? We did. Yeah,
2: it's a it's a full on. It's a five year deal, yeah. but he's going back this first year to go to get his minutes. Yeah.
0: So same thing we did with Session when Session first came in from Fulham. Um, it, I I he may be as early as next year be someone that can impact our team, but he is rapid he is very athletic he's very skilled on the ball and he gets forward um Sassion's gonna have some some competition um next season i think um th- there's there's a lot of hype on this kid
1: i i heard someone say that the udinese team is like the italian burnley
0: huh?
1: I I I have no idea how how apt that analogy is. I I wouldn't want to. I don't like it. I don't like anything about
0: that sentence. (laughs) I don't like the Burnley part of that sentence at all. So, if anything, that means just a good defender.
2: (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) question question for you guys. And he knows how to headbutt people. We're kind of wrapping. We're wrapping up and looking at transfers. So, we've all been talking about um, it's not a lack of depth at centre back, but a need for at least one more coming in.
0: You're gonna do this, aren't you,
2: Jan Vertonghen?
0: Yeah, I knew it. I knew you were gonna say this.
2: He's not getting his minutes. I'm just saying, if he, he was decides, on a bench hey,
0: today, he wasn't a bench. Come back
2: in, and I'll back up Eric Dyer. Um,
0: you would. I judge. bet you he goes like Brentford or something. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't probably, have the.
1: But... Yeah, I think he doesn't have the pace, unfortunately. Can you
0: imagine what what like a 2016 Jan Vertonghen and a Conte side would be like, though?
2: He would oh be the world class center back. He was with the trophies he deserves.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is Alderweireld and Bertongan and Conte system playing right and left center back. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Champions League qualifying is happening right now. It's the last round of the um, qualifying and the draw, I believe, is next Thursday. uh, Next Thursday or Friday. So we'll definitely do a preview next week uh, of who we would love to have in our group. I think it's Thursday because I think they do all three on the same day, right? Yeah, I think that's Thursday because Wednesday's the last game. It looks like it's going to be pretty close uh, between a few of these clubs to qualify, but we'll jump into that next week as we slowly predict what we would love for our group to be like or what would be the group of death. Or, you know, we might have different opinions on what we want. So, but we will get to that next week. Uh, but for this week, we are going to wrap this up. And uh, as always, Bethany.
0: Come on, you Spurs.
1: Come on, you Spurs. I like that. Come on, you Spurs.
2: Spurs Podcast with Colin, Austin, and Chris. Find the lads on Instagram or Facebook at the Stakeside Bird or tweet at Spurs Stateside with your questions and comments. Thank you again for listening, and as always, come on you Spurs.